Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is Wendy Amada. She is an accomplished strategic life and business coach with over 15 years of experience. And her parents were actually immigrants from Guatemala. So she has a special place in her heart for coaching fellow Latinas into reaching their goals. And we obviously love that here. And um, her coaching focuses on taking consistent action towards what you want to create for your life while managing your brain. And that idea of consistent action taking so resonated with me, as did a lot of your other content that I found on Instagram. That's why I found Wendy. That's why I was so excited to have her on the show. So welcome, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, Kristen. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to share some knowledge with everyone and, and share a little bit about my story. And I really appreciate you, um, you reaching out. And yes, I am an expert at consistent action. I can say that now. It's taken me years to get to that point, but I've learned a lot of things about being consistent and the importance of taking action on a regular basis. I love that. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but I would love if you can tell me just a little story about your journey and how you got to this 15 years of experience of, you know, helping women, Latinas to be their best selves. I'm, I'm assuming that's the result that you get from. Yes, <laughs> yes they do. there's definitely an increase in confidence in um, the majority of my clients and, and we get a bunch of stuff done. Like they check some stuff off the list, right? They get the promotion or they leave the job they've been wanting to leave for three years, or they start a new business, or they hit their number in terms of customers that they want in their business or whatever. So we do actually achieve tangible results, which we measure. So it's not just come improve your life. It is like, okay, you want to get in shape, you want to you know, find a partner, and you want to have you know, a better relationship with your kids. Great. How do we measure that? You are really speaking my language. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm very much a doer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we break that down. Yeah. We break that down and we have documents that track it. Like you actually have to track it every week. That's part of what we do at Inspired Action Tribe. But a little bit of me and, and how, um, how I came to coaching. I actually went to undergrad and to graduate school for urban planning. And I was um, set to have a career in nonprofit, nonprofit management. Because I really knew from a young age, I wanted to be a change agent. I wanted to somehow support um, primarily people of color, women of color in improving their outcomes, right? And so in my mind, I thought, well, one of the best ways to be someone who's helping people is to work in the nonprofit world. And, and I still highly love the nonprofit world. But what I found was, you know, I found myself driving through LA traffic. Um, every day and working long hours and getting paid what I considered very little for the amount of work that I was doing and being miserable. Like I really didn't find this, like, oh, I got what I thought was my dream job. And after I got it, I was like, oh my goodness, is this it? 
wow, okay, I'm working really long hours. I'm writing grants for the programs that I'm running. And then I'm running those programs that I'm writing grants for. I'm staying, you know, late for board meetings. I'm finishing reports. There's volunteer stuff on the weekends that we have to participate in. It just wasn't a great life balance. And I just figured out there's got to be a better way, especially because I wanted to have kids. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. And so um, when I got married, I actually made the decision to leave the job. But a couple of years before that, I had been dealing with mental health issues, depression. At some point in my 20s, I was actually diagnosed as bipolar. I don't think now that I really had bipolar, but I think I was up and down with a lot of things. And I was looking for solutions for that. And nothing seemed to work for me in particular. Like I went to therapy and I love therapy, but therapy wasn't giving me changes I could implement the next day, like immediately in my life. Um, and I tried medication and medication didn't seem to work for me. In fact, one medication, I broke out in a rash. It was like I had an allergic re reaction to the medication. So I was like, okay, this isn't working. I have to find something that is. And my cousin invited me to a training, kind of like a Tony Robbins type of training. And it changed my life. It opened my eyes up to this other world called personal development, <laughs> where there were a bunch of coaching uh, coaches and a bunch of coaching tools that I learned. And in learning those coaching tools and implementing consistently those coaching tools, that's what changed my life. So when I left the job, I decided this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And that was technically almost 16 years ago that I started coaching and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then a bunch of drama happened, of course, because my family was like, what? You're going to leave your good paying job that you went and got a master's degree for that has good health insurance to go to this other thing called coaching, which they didn't even you know, comprehend. Like back then, Nobody in the Latino market really understood what coaching was. I would talk about it and people would be like, so you're like a psychologist or like a counselor. And I would be like, no, it's a little different, but I help people and people help you. You know, people pay me to help them. And they would be like, so they're paying you for your opinion. And I'm like, well, it's not my opinion. I'm teaching them these tools. And I would try to explain it. At some point I was just like, forget it. I'm just going to build my business even if nobody understands <laughs> Nobody in, in my circle really understands what I'm doing. Um, yeah. And you sometimes you have to kind of take that little leap of faith in yourself, even when no one else around you understands, like you're saying, what you're doing, what is the coaching thing? What is this entrepreneur thing? You know, what are you, what are you doing all day? <laughs> I exactly. think a lot of us can relate to people not, and family not quite getting what we're doing, it being a very different thing generationally, uh, culturally. So, and I so appreciate that you spoke about, you know, having um, mental health issues at the time and your struggle with that, because I think that is also kind of taboo in our culture. Um, you know, well, 100%, so. right? We don't, we don't talk about it. And I still have mental health issues. So even though coaching has really helped me, implementing my own coaching in my life has helped me. It is a consistent management system that I have to put into place in order to stay out of dropping back into depression. Right. So I have to consistently manage my mental health even now. Yeah. And I love that, you know, you are open about that because I think it gives so many other people freedom to be open about it as well. I know at least a lot of my girlfriends since 2020, like we didn't really talk about therapy 
you know, it was still a little like, I guess, taboo feeling, but now everyone's talking about what their therapist said and this and that. And I just love it because it means people are taking care of themselves, you know, and doesn't help any of us to just kind of feel like we're on an island or it's not something that someone else is, is dealing with. Okay. So it sounded like you made the investment in the education. You kind of checked all the boxes, got the masters, were in the career that you thought you wanted. And then you pivoted towards coaching and that's really great. And, you know, someone told me they broke down because I was thinking about what you were saying with your family, like trying to describe what you do. Someone told me like a therapist is for someone who is going to help you with your past trauma. And a coach is someone who helps you achieve your future goals. And I thought, oh, that's such a great breakdown because I know I was confused before I hired a coach. Uh, You know, what is, what are they going to do for me exactly? And that just really made it sort of succinct. Um, So speaking of future goals, or you do talk about your future self helping you achieve your goals. And I really wanted to get into that with you because I thought that idea was so interesting. So if you could kind of break that down a little bit, that'd be great. Yeah. So one of the things that I discovered in my past, uh, in my path of really learning coaching and using it to help other people and coaching thousands of women at this point over my career. um, One of the things that interested me is manifestation tools and using manifestation, not just in a way to think about what you want to achieve in the future, but really using it in an active way to create results, right? So I'm very result-oriented in my coaching. One of the aspects of manifestation that I found most interesting under the umbrella of manifestation work is this idea of future self-work. And I felt like nobody was really talking about this out in the world as much. So I said, you know what? I'm going to create a training called the Future Self Experience, where we actually get to embody this work and practice it. So under future self-work, the idea is that your future self is alive in you now. Just like you have a seven-year-old version of you or a 10-year-old version of you or the 15-year-old version of you, right? And you can kind of close your eyes and go back to that experience and see what she's wearing or where you lived during that time and picture your family during that time. Yeah. Just like you have her alive in you, you also have this future version of you, this, you know, 55-year-old version of you or 65-year-old version of you whatever five years from now would be, right? She's alive in you now also. You're connected to her also. We're just not always consciously connected, proactively connected, right? But the decisions you're making today are affecting her. How you choose to live your life, whether you're exercising, what you're eating, the thoughts that you're thinking, absolutely, how much money you have in your 401k, all of that is going to affect her. So you're creating her you know, it's kind of a dance between you and her. You get, you're creating her as you move along in life. So in the future self-experience, what we do is we really connect. We have a, an experience where we spend the whole day connecting with this future self-version, connecting with this future version of us. And it really is us. It's just us five years from now or us two years from now. And then this is what's so cool is when we start to build a relationship with her and we start to connect with her, She then gives us insights, tools, 
information. We can ask her questions. And it's really like this wise version of you coaching you now in the present with, you know, you get answers to questions like, what do I need to know in order to achieve X, Y, Z, or what's going to be most important on this journey, the next 10 years of my life or the next five years of my life. And she will give you answers, which is really you, you answering, (laughs) you answering for yourself. But in the future self-experience, we create the container, the container for that to happen, for that experience to happen. Yeah. And then to really connect. And so the part of what we learn when we step out of that space is to ask ourselves, well, what would the future version of me do? What would she want in this moment? What does future Wendy think about this decision? And we can use that throughout our life. We can use that, you know, coming out of the workshop for the rest of the year to make decisions. What would my future self do? Which is a powerful question to ask. Oh, it's so powerful. And when you just described it, I got so excited thinking about one that the future self is already within me. So I already have what I need to be that future person. And then just the idea of sort of thinking forward, right? Because I think a lot of times we can get stuck thinking in the past, worrying about what I did do, having some of our decisions define us now and not letting them go. And so the idea of looking forward and shifting that focus of like, you know, I already know, but how can I tap into my own wisdom? Exactly. How can I tap into that wisdom? Yeah, exactly. And because we're actually practicing an embodiment of her, at one point, there's a process in the training where we actually practice an embodiment of her. Because we're doing that, it's even more powerful. It's not just a visualization exercise. It's a feeling in your body where you actually feel her. And then we actually script out a day in your future life, like write out what would a day in, you know, we pick a date. Sometimes it's just random. Um, a date in like, you know, February 1st of 2027. And then we make it really concrete and real. And those exercises uh, anchor it into reality. Because I know there's a lot of manifestation workshops out there that can, can feel a little bit like you're sitting and meditating and, you know, manifesting through your thoughts. And sometimes feelings come up, but sometimes they don't. And sometimes it's, it's just journaling. I really try to teach from a place of what I call experiential learning, which is the process of learning through experience right? Learning through like an actual experience that you have, because experiences are so much more powerful than learning from a PowerPoint or learning from a a deck. Right. Those are the things that stay with you. Yes. Yeah. Experiences really stick with you. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that process of how you help your clients gain clarity around their next step? I know you mentioned it sounds like, yeah, you mentioned embody work, which I think is the embodiment piece, which I'm actually currently just tapping into a little more personally and seeing how powerful it is um, and how like activating it is when you really feel into whatever it is. If you want to feel more joy, if you want to feel more like confidence, or if you are really trying to like get to that next level and see yourself there, can you break down what that process sort of looks like? Obviously without giving away your whole future self-experience, but. 
Sure. So future self work is only one of the tools that I use to help my clients reach their goals, right? It's one tool in a toolbox of like 15 to 20 other tools that, that you can use. And I use it not as the tool. I use it as one way for you to really connect, especially on the days where you feel like you know what you want, but it feels impossible to reach where it's just feeling like, oh, it's so far away. Or you're just not motivated to do the work today that it's going to take to get to that top of the mountain three years from now, four years from now. So those are the moments where it's powerful to connect with your future self. Yeah. In Inspired Action Tribe, which is my group coaching program, we do a lot of accountability work. And some of the tools that we use there in future self is one of those tools, right? Some of the work that we do there has to do with the power of declaration, being able to declare your goals out loud and how to do that. There's an actual way to declare your goals where they're concise, they're powerful, and you say them in a way like they're going to happen, right? Like it's already done, almost like it's done energy. There's, a, there's an art form to declaration. It's different than just stating your goal or making a goal right? Or making a vision board that has your goals on it. This is very different. Declarations are specific and we do them consistently. There's that word again, in Inspired Action Tribe. So part of what we do in Inspired Action Tribe, is we declare a goal monthly, every month, and we declare a goal for the first week of the month. That's a very concrete goal. Like I'm going to walk three times and listen to a podcast this week. I'm going to finish my business plan this week by, and then there's a by when, like a very specific by Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is very specific, right? I'm going to finish those modules for that program that I bought that I never finished all the modules for, right? I'm going to finish those or I'm going to read the book or I'm going to post four times on my social media this week. Whatever it is, we're supporting you along. So that's one of the tools that that we use. Um, And in the process of declaring, one of the things that happens is people gain clarity. 100% because you're getting clearer and clearer. Now you have to say it out loud or you're putting a container where that's what we're asking you to do is to say it out loud. So in the process of saying it out loud, you actually get clear about what you want. Also, what helps my clients get clear is saying it out loud and then watching what their brain does throughout the week. Because you could say, and this is oftentimes what our brain will do. Our brain will say, I'm going to go to the gym four times this week. Yay, right? And then I'll ask, well, when was the last time you went to the gym? And they're like, oh, 19, you know, 2019, 2019, right? They're like, you know, two years ago, three years ago. And they're like, well, maybe we should start with you're going to go to the gym twice this week, right? Or once is maybe it's just getting back into the gym and seeing if your membership is still active and then working out once. Our brain thinks we can go from zero to 100 because the moment we get excited or invigorated, or there's enough serotonin in our brain, the brain is stimulated and it starts to think, oh yeah, we can do that. It doesn't account for time. It tends to think we can do more in a short period of time than what we actually can do. So it will almost always underestimate the amount of time something takes, number one. Two, it doesn't take into account mind drama, which is that your brain is going to cause you drama. It's not going to just say, oh, okay, we're going to get up every day and go to the gym now, even though we have not been doing that for three years. No, it's going to be difficult at the beginning, right? It's not going to feel like I'm so motivated to do this. And that's with anything, business goals, with 
career goals, right? I'm using the gym because it's simple and you can measure it. But in Inspired Action Tribe, women are working on a bunch of different things. So in that process, you realize, oh, one, I, I have unrealistic expectations for myself. Yes, maybe you do. And a lot of clarity comes from that. Yes. And also, ooh, maybe I'm not committed to what I really think I'm committed to. That's a great reality check. Because based on results, there are also women in the tribe who realize, I keep saying I'm going to do this and I'm not following through. And even when I break it down into a very small step, I'm still avoiding it. So what's going on there? Usually that means we got to go deeper as to what's going on behind it. Uh, but maybe it's something that you don't want or you wanted once in your life a year ago, but now you don't want it. And then we just need to let it go. So all of those are ways in which my clients gain clarity. Yeah, and I, I can totally relate to, I'm sure listeners can as well, to being very optimistic, I like to call it, around what we can do in a day or what we can, how many times we can go to the gym after maybe not have having gone in a while, but like, I was just talking to my sister about this and, you know, our to-do lists are so long and I was like, well, we're just optimistic that we can get 3,500 things done when really, no, you can get three, like you can, you can focus on three. Um, and the, the mind drama, I mean, you're so right. It's like, that always comes up, but we don't really, like, I've never really had a name for it, but that's a perfect name for it because it will always come up in some way to sort of, you know, get you off path. And then you're like, wait, what happened? And it's like, well. Yeah. One of the big things that comes up a lot in Inspired Action Tribe with with the group of women is that your brain will beat you up for what you didn't get done. So you put 10 things on your to-do list, you get three done. Your brain is only going to focus on the seven things you didn't get done. Right. In fact, when you go to bed at night and you're putting your head on the pillow, what your brain is going to think of is, oh, I forgot to respond to that email. Oh, I never called that person back. Oh, I didn't unload the dishes from the dishwasher. You know, you just go down that list. And then with each of those, there's like a ping to your self-confidence, like a little bit of, you know, oh, there you go again, Wendy. You're, you're messing up again. You're not you know, doing everything you said you were going to do. And that actually, the brain likes that because it's stimulating for the brain. So negative thinking is more stimulating for the brain than positive thinking. Negative thinking creates more endorphins. It creates more adrenaline because it leads the brain down a path of, oh my goodness, I can't get my act together. Then I'm never going to have a successful business. If I don't have a successful business, I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage. I'm not able to pay my mortgage. Me and my family are going to be homeless. Like it just goes down this road, right? For some people more than others, some of us cut that off pretty quickly. Some people go down the road of like, I'm going to be living out of my car in the park. Like they just go down this road, your brain, because it actually creates these endorphins in your brain. And keep in mind, the brain doesn't distinguish between positive or negative. It just lights up when there's like an emergency. Woo, emergency, it lights up. Yeah. So one of the things that I teach that's really powerful is don't put seven, you know, 10 things on your to-do list. Just put the three and then check off the three. And then before you go to bed, give yourself credit, give yourself props for getting the three done. Like take a moment to say, oh my gosh, look at what I did. I responded to this email. I finished this proposal. 
I posted on social media. Amazing day, Wendy. Start to give yourself credit. And then the brain will start to say, oh, this feels good. This getting things done. Okay. I see you. I see what you're doing. If you keep doing that, the brain neuron connection around celebration, positivity starts to grow. That part of your brain starts to build more. And then there's less self-care and more acknowledgement of the things you are getting done. But that requires consistency. Yeah, and I can so relate to that going from the huge list to the smallest. I've really had to force myself to cut out like 75% of what I do. And then when I finish the the three things, right, that I've committed to to the day, I find myself going back to the narrative of, well, what, what, oh, you could have done more or, and then I have to tell myself, you know, okay, nope, celebrate the things you did do. It's a practice, but we're so used to, well, there are a lot of things I think that contribute to it. One being productivity culture, hustle culture. I think two being a woman and the messaging we get around having to take everything on and doing so much. So it's, it's, it's difficult, but there is so much more peace. I mean, I can attest to of whittling things down and not putting that pressure on yourself to do so many things. And then to appreciate the things that you have done, um, you really connected the dots between the mind drama and why that happens. I haven't heard that before in terms of those negative thoughts are from a biological standpoint, right? Are releasing things that reward your brain. Exactly. From a biological standpoint, they're stimulating. stimulating. Yeah. And that to me, and so then when you were, because when you were talking about, um, you know, I didn't do the thing and then you went all the way to living homeless in your car, that's drama, right? And that's mind drama. And I could see, oh, okay. That's why we go all the way because our brains are being stimulated. And I think most of us might associate serotonin endorphins with like positive actions, like working out or things that um, make us feel good. But it sounds like it's not just things that make us feel good. It's things that stimulate us. Exactly. It's things that stimulate our brain and at Anything and everything around us stimulates our brain. So one of the things that I teach in Inspired Action Tribe is stimulus management, stimulus management. And how I learned all this is during my 15 years of coaching, one of the specialties I picked up was coaching people with ADHD. Hey friends, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to a free workshop that I created. It's called Launch a Binge-Worthy Podcast, and it's all about helping you to create a heartfelt podcast that reaches your soul listeners and grows your business. If you want access, just go to podcastandamplify.com. It's totally free. Okay, friend, back to the show. So attention deficit disorder and, um, and everything in hyperactivity, this, everything that falls under that umbrella. So I learned really quickly how to work with people whose brain was moving or not moving based on stimulus, meaning you were completing tasks or not completing tasks based on how stimulated your brain was. So I became an expert at understanding stimulus. Here's the thing with stimulus that's so cool is once you learn it and you understand it, you can use it to your advantage Mm. because stimulus is something you can create. You can decide, I'm going to 
add more stimulus to this activity. Like you add, you know, salad dressing to salad, like you add salt to your food. You can add stimulus once you learn how your brain works in terms of what stimulates it or what doesn't. You can manage stimulus also if you're overstimulated, like if there's too much stimulus and you need to walk away. So stimulus is a really cool thing. When I started learning it and I started using it in my day-to-day life, it was a game changer in terms of productivity. It really supported me being able to get more things done in a quicker, easier fashion where it didn't feel like, oh, I was lifting myself up from bed and trying to get something done, right? Right. Yeah. And sometimes it's simple changes like adding music. Music is stimulus. Working standing up. I just had a reel about this on my Instagram. Like work standing up. It actually has shown to increase the stimulus in your brain. Um, Visual aids, having something that you look at and you just feel good, like a picture of your family that immediately stimulates you. Um, Letting people know you're going to complete something by a certain time. So accountability, right? Accountability in a group setting, including your kids and what you're doing stimulates your brain or including other people in what you're doing. And there's a long list. I mean, we could go down a long list of things that, you know, adding a reward, um, using what I call anticipation energy. These are all tools in that toolbox that I was talking about earlier that help you get more things done help you stay out of self beat up. So you're not, you know, and help you manage that mind drama so you can be more consistent in your action. Yeah, I love that. And I don't think most of us think about those things as stimulus or frame it, you know, that way. So I think that's a great way to get people thinking a little bit differently about, you know, how to motivate themselves, how to, um, you know, just like set up an environment that feels good. Like, so I think that's a, kind of a unique lens to look at your productivity or your achieving your goals is through through stimuli. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about breath work and meditation and how important it is to achieving your goals. What are your thoughts on that? You know, breath work and meditation work for some people. It doesn't work for everyone, right? Um, that's the truth in, in having worked with thousands of people. But I think if, if it works for you and you can add it to your toolbox, it's going to be a game changer. Because one of the things that breathwork and meditation help with is your nervous system. And our nervous system is really running our life in a lot of ways. We make decisions based solely sometimes on our nervous system. Our nervous system strikes up when we feel really uncomfortable. Usually when we feel that feeling of fear and because I, as a coach, all my clients have goals that they want to reach that they haven't been able to reach up until now. Usually there is some feeling of fear that is stopping them from being in consistent radical action, consistent outrageous action every day, irregardless of the results, by the way, at the beginning I teach, we're not going to look at the result. We're just going to put the workshop together and who cares if nobody shows up, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you did it, that you started to build these muscles, right? To kind of work through that. Um, So we we do work a lot around fear. And one of the things that helps us manage fear, because I teach you feel the uncomfortable feeling and you do the thing anyways, versus trying to not feel the feeling or trying to get to a place where you're not going to feel the feeling. Yeah, you're going to feel the feeling almost always when you're doing something new or something that's so outside your comfort zone. And yet we avoid that. So one of the things that helps us to not avoid it and and walk through the uncomfortableness is meditation, is breath work, 
right? Is calming ourselves down, calming the anxiety down and choosing a new thought. But before you can even choose a new thought, because oftentimes the fearful thought is taken over. The fearful thought is, for example, no one's going to show up to my workshop. Let's just say that's a, that's a thought. So what am I doing? I'm going to be the laughing stock of everybody. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. Okay. Before you can even go to, it doesn't matter if anybody shows up or not, I'm going to move forward anyways. You have to calm the brain down enough and the body down enough and the nervous system down enough that it moves out of anxiety and panic, right? And breath work and meditation is one of those ways to do it. Yeah. I use a simple technique for it's, it's a meditation and, and breath work where I just take the hand and therapists have shown this. This is not like a, a me only technique, by the way, um, where you just breathe in and breathe out, breathe in and breathe out. So for people who are listening, take oh, yes. your hand. Yeah. So you take one hand and you expand it with your five fingers, like you expand it out. So that like open hand, like you're going to give somebody a high five, but open. And you take your other hand, your right hand, let's say, and with your index finger, you go up and down your thumb, up and down your left hand index finger, up and down your middle finger. You know, you keep going up and down. And breathe in. And that and helps out. you breathe in and breathe. It just calms you down. And it's not just the breathing. It's the watching the finger go up and down. And it's actually okay. feeling the feeling of the two hands touching. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. So it's tactical, meaning it's you can feel something. And that actually helps calm the brain down also. Got it. Calm yourself down, uh, brings you back into center and then allows your brain to have a moment of like, okay, let me choose a new thought. Let me choose a thought that's going to work better for me in this moment than, oh my goodness, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. Let's choose a different thought. It doesn't, it, it could be as simple as it doesn't matter if I'm going to fail. I've made the decision. I'm going to move forward with this anyways. Mm. Or um, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to make this a success or the growing is in the uncomfortable, whatever you want, you know, whatever the thought is, it allows you enough time to pick a new thought and then start thinking that thought and finding more proof for that thought. Yeah. And you're so right that when we are creating the workshop, starting the business, doing the sales call, like all of those things are uncomfortable. So we have to anticipate that we are going to feel that being uncomfortable doing it anyway, starting a podcast. I think I wrote a post this morning that said, it's okay to be scared. It's okay. Like if you feel like, what did I say? If you feel like you're like Christmas morning with a little bit of, I might poop my pants, like that's normal as we're doing this new thing. And so to have that breath work and the meditation, if that feels really good to you, I love the hand thing. Actually, I've never seen that before um, to just calm yourself and, and, you know, slow things down and, and give some attention and some love to your nervous system because it's overworking. Right. And so I really love that. So yeah, I love um, learning new things, <laughs> things I haven't learned before. So it's awesome. You know, maybe you can give us one brain hack that will help listeners to achieve their goals faster. You've given us so many ways to achieve that, you know, to achieve our goals. Um, but I, I wonder if you have like just one thing that you recommend people do that could be like a quick win type of thing. Yeah, I would say get really comfortable with failure. 
ha ha ha. That's like huge. Right. And you're like, Oh, great. What do you mean? Yeah. No, I love it. It's honest. Um, Yeah. Straight out. Right. You are going to fail a bunch of times. And so if, if you're playing a big game in life, if you're trying to start a new business or a movement or get a promotion at work or start a new career, or even if you're just like, I don't want the life I, I have right now, a year from now. And I don't know what that other life is, but I know I don't want it to look this way. Even if that's the thought, amazing, wonderful. Start thinking, great, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to fail at a bunch of stuff. And maybe I'll succeed at some stuff also. But that's okay. That's the way it's going to go. I think if we looked at our goals the way um, scientists look at, like when they're doing a scientific experiment, right? Where they actually map out in their scientific experiment room for failure. They actually plan for that, right? They say, okay, I'm going to test these three things out. One or two or all three of them may fail. And so they give room for that. They actually expect it. So if we go into reaching our new goals with an expectation of, I'm going to fail at certain things at this. I might fail at the beginning. I might fail in the middle. It's probably going to be a little failure spread out all over the place. Um, One of the best coaching I got from my coach was this idea of keeping track of all your failures. So she said to me, count, get to a hundred failures as soon as possible. Get to a hundred failures as soon as possible. Because if you failed at a hundred different things, like some of those could be intro calls. Some of those could be workshops you did. Some of those could be, you know, uh, new policies you put together or stuff on your back end or whatever. Keep track of those hundred failures because the sooner you get to that, the sooner you're going to get to success. 100%. The real lesson to be practiced in life is the lesson of falling down and getting back up. That's the muscle you need to improve. That's the muscle you need to strengthen. That's the the muscle that's going to get you through life because life is going to knock you down a bunch of times. Your goal is going to knock you down a bunch of times. And life is life is just going to do what it does, right? I mean, we're going through a pandemic. There are tons of circumstances that can stop you from moving forward. So the, the muscle you really need to strengthen is the, okay, life knocked me down. Here I go. I'm getting back up again 101 times, 102 times, right? So I teach something from the perspective of making failure your friend. Like, how can you and failure become friends? And there's actually a process for it. I also teach this with time, by the way. How can you and time become best friends? And in Inspired Action Tribe, we actually name time. Give it a name, give her a name, and you build a relationship with her like you would a person. Because, I mean, for me, time works for me. So I really see time as like my assistant. And I've developed a really great relationship with her. She expands when I need her to expand. She contracts when I need her to contract. Same thing with failure. Failure is my friend. Failure is just a part of the, of the process. Like brushing my teeth every day is a part of the process of my life. Like feeding my kids dinner is a part of the process of my life, right? It just is. Failure is a part of the process of my life. I just ex- I expect it. I welcome it. Uh, And then I learn from it, of course. So the key there is learn, evaluate, right? Learn from the process and then try to do better and keep going, keep going. The key word being keep going. So yeah, that would be, that would be a good takeaway. Write out a hundred failures that you've experienced as soon as possible or reach a hundred (laughs) failures. You know, you gave the example of how scientists include that in their process failure. And it made me think that, you know, they're looking at it like it's just data. It's just 
information that can help them get to the solution, right? And so if we think about our failures as, like you're saying, for one, get comfortable with them and expect that they're going to be there. That way you're not creating resistance, right? And then two, looking at them as information a little bit more objectively of not like, I'm a failure. It's like, I did fail at that thing. And what can I learn from it? Like you said, how can I move on? And how can I use that actually to my advantage? Because now I know so much more than I didn't. And getting to 100, I love that idea because it's like, once you get to 100, I would think it would be like, oh, nothing, nothing can get over me. Like nothing's going to affect me. You let you, you build that like resilience of like, I got this. I've been through that a hundred times, whatever it was, you know, might've looked different, but I can keep, get up and keep going. Yeah. 100% that tends to happen. I mean, that's the place that I'm at now where I'm just like, I'm almost willing to take almost any risk because I'm just like, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll just learn from it and I'll, I'll figure out the next thing. But it's interesting how the brain works because we climb one mountain and we get to the top and it's actually harder to stay at the top than it is to reach the top of the mountain. Consistency and maintenance is actually harder than getting to the top. And then we look at the next mountain. Usually what happens automatically is our brain goes to, oh, now I want that thing, right? And getting to that thing might, the next mountain might require a different set of beliefs or thoughts or tools in your toolbox. So then the brain tends to go back to like, oh, but I just failed all this stuff. I don't want to go back to failing again to get to this next thing. But it really is like starting from scratch again, oftentimes with the new goal, right? Now I found the career that I love. Now I want to get the executive job or something. Well, that mountain's going to require maybe a different set of tools or skills in your toolbox. So it does oftentimes feel like, but I just failed a bunch of times. I've reached the finish line. What do you mean? We got to start failing again. I'm like, yeah, we got to start failing again. Cause now you have a new goal, a new mountain. Oh, wow. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've been in that place where I'm like, wait, I, I pushed myself to do all these things and I know I've grown so much. I'm tired. You mean I got to keep going? Um, so I think that's the important part of giving yourself like rest and breaks in between it's kind of like your plateaus. I think, you know, when you get to that, that mountaintop and you're, and you know, you're ready for the next thing, but I think taking care of yourself a little before you transition and working with someone like Wendy, who can help you sort of get to that next level. Um, Oh, that's what I was going to say is I think the thing is when you start expanding, like you just keep expanding. I think when, you know, when you get to those next levels. And then like you say, you're saying we need more tools and different tools because we're trying to get, it's like that expansion keeps going. And so it kind of makes sense that that would continue to, to change what that looks like in terms of what you need. Yeah. And you expand exponentially, Yes, which is so cool. At least if you're doing it in, in a group setting, which is the other takeaway I would offer everybody that nobody really does it alone. Yes. Yeah. Even though people think, oh, that's a solopreneur. I'm, I'm like, no, no one's really, a, if you're successful, you're not really a solopreneur. In the back somewhere, there's either a VA or your husband or your friend so cheering true. you on. Or I like the community in Inspired Action Tribe because that's a, that's a whole community that's 
holding you accountable, that's creating this container of safety for you to experiment and have all the ups and downs and do all the crazy things that you're going to do trying to reach your goal, right? Yeah. Yeah, but community makes yes. a big difference. And so you talked about your community, which sounds amazing. And I want to make sure that people know how they can get involved with that community and, yes, and yes. find out more about you. So please let us know how we can get in touch with you. Yes. So first first place to get in touch with me is on my Instagram. It's just at Wendy Amara. So if you just go to at Wendy Amara, please follow me on Instagram. And then if you go to my um, link in my bio, there's a link for the wait list for Inspired Action Tribe. So the doors are currently closed. We'll probably reopen them in March or April. But if you're on the wait list, you get to uh, invited to special events with me. So I'll do pop-up coaching sessions, or sometimes I offer a free Q&A where you can show up and ask me any question on coaching that you need on anything. And those are exclusive to the wait list. So get on the wait list. And also the waitlist usually gets access to the doors open early. So you can get in before the general public is open to Inspired Action Tribe. And Inspired Action Tribe is my group coaching program. It's focused on three things. It's focused on consistent action in your life. So we have accountability within the group. It is a structure, a system, a space where you're coming in and the train is moving and you're getting on the train. And so we're moving towards your goal. Um, also we work a lot around mindset, right? I talked about the mindset drama that's going to stop you from reaching your goal. Absolutely. Your mindset drama is going to stop you from reaching your goal unless you learn to manage it. And in order to manage it, you have to be aware of it. So we do a lot of, uh, work around our mindset. That's really what we're working on. We're just using action as a way to, um, to get through the door, let's say, and we actually reach our goals. So if you have a goal, like you want to make more money. You want a promotion at work. You want to start your business. You want to be more consistent with the things you know you need to be doing in life, but you're not being consistent right now, or you're not taking any action, or you're stuck in what I call analysis paralysis, where you're just researching and researching, but you're not starting anything. You're not moving anything forward. Come join us in Inspired Action Tribe. It is absolutely an amazing group. It's a six-month commitment. It's only $189 a month. I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm giving it away. It's such a like uh, affordable process because I really wanted to create something that any Latina and any woman of color could say, yes, this makes sense. This is a no-brainer. It is, an, it is absolutely a no-brainer. And you will reach your goals. You will learn a bunch of things about your mind and about how your brain works. We guarantee you, you will move forward on your goals. Okay, so anyone listening who is all in, ready to do the work, It sounds like this will be the group for you. Um, Wendy, you are obviously such a powerhouse and I love your incredible wealth of knowledge, passion for what you do. So I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing that all with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And of course, if anybody has any questions, you can also go to my website, wendyamara.com. So you could visit that too. And there's a way to like sign up for a free introduction session there or get in contact with me. Um, I'm super passionate about the work that I do because I know how much it's changed my life and I've seen it change thousands of women's lives. So I'm just ready to share it with the world. I'm here to support you in reaching your goals. It's absolutely possible. 
Okay. Well, on that note, I think we all feel a little more pumped and like it's good. we're going to make it happen. Um, but thank you again for sharing how we can achieve our goals. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, Kristen. I appreciate and I appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you for providing the space. If you love today's episode, please subscribe so you don't miss a show. And rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help support us. Always remember your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.